1: Welcome to Off The Bench NRL with Scott Sattler and Jason Matthews. All the big news and views from a big week in footy.
2: Yeah, g'day and welcome to Off The Bench. Uh, It's round 22 of the NRL, round two in the NRLW. And this is Scotty Sattler. Jason Matthews not here today. It's myself and Daddy Vassel jump in at times. How are you, Daddy? Good, mate. Yeah, big win for the Bronx. Yeah, it was good. Was that Thursday night? Yeah, it was a, a good win. And I suppose we'll talk about that a little bit later on when we review the the Round 22 Thursday night opener. It was at the Gabba, the Brisbane Broncos. Easy winners over the Roosters, but I'm more concerned about the Roosters, about where, they get, where they're going as well. The NRLW, as I said, Round 2, and the Gold Coast Titans in Golden Point beat the Brisbane Broncos at the Gabba on Thursday night. It was a really good game, actually, and top eight. I've got to say it's the closest it's been for probably the last five or six years. 2018, I was thinking last night and and looking back at some of the ladders in the back end of the season, the top four in 2018 were on 34 points. So it was on four and against. And then eighth position, and the next four teams from five to eight were on 32 points. And there was a a bit of a break to ninth position. So the big question is who can challenge the Panthers? That's the most obvious question. And who will miss out? because it is that close, and it'll, it will come down to four and against. So I think if you get the 32 points, you'll definitely be in the eight. But if you're relying on four and against, well, that last round is going to be really important for some sides. Parramatta Eels are the side that have got the buy in round 27, mm. which could work in their favour. Do you think the Panthers can, can
3: go three in a row?
2: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they're so far ahead of everyone else at the moment. Um, the big question is who's going to miss out. The Bunny's sitting ninth. They've got another buy, and they've got a pretty good run home. The Raiders got a really bad for and against. It shows how good the Raiders are as a side to sit fifth on the ladder and still have a bad for and against, a negative for and against. Mm. And then the Sharkies or Para, one of those miss out as well. I went through my NRL predictor ladder on the NRL website the other day, and it's interesting. I had Newcastle finishing eighth on 31 points on for and against.
3: Tell you what, haven't Canberra flown under the radar this
2: year? Well, that's the thing. He's such a good coach, Ricky. He gets criticised a lot, Ricky. But to have his side sitting in the top five and to be minus 50-odd, nearly 60, is is ridiculous. It's phenomenal. Yeah. It's uh, it's a sign of a very, a very good club. Uh, on the show tonight, we've got uh, former Roosters and Panthers front rower, Mossy Masoi. Well, he's going to tell us his inspirational story and the road to where he is right now. And back in 2020, if... The listeners uh, haven't heard the interview throughout the week that myself and Matty Rogers caught up with Mossy. He broke his broke his neck and damaged to his spine back in January two twenty, in the UK Super League playing for Hawkins Kingston Rovers. Was stretched from the field and basically told he'll never walk again. And we've watched with interest his his story, and it is a positive and inspirational one from Mossy Masoi. So that's a really good chat with him a little bit later on. Also Manly coach Anthony Seabold, we caught up with him throughout the week. He's always a great chat, Anthony Seabold. We actually interrupted him during his social tennis match. I think it was (laughs) on a Tuesday night. So he took time out to have a chat to us, myself and Matty Rogers. So he's always a, he's always a really positive guy, Anthony Seabold. He's had to taper down his coaching philosophies, I think a little bit since what happened at the Brisbane Broncos and now going back to the head coaching role at the the Manly Seagulls. So, where to Manly sit for the rest of the year. They're outside of the eight at the moment. Will they play finals? Chris Nelson from Racing Queensland about all the tips and where we're racing this weekend. So now it's time to jump into our running hot segment, except nothing less than Australia's best. That is Ream, of course. And again, the uh, conversations around the RLPA standoff. Now what they've done for round 22 is they're covering up the NRL logo, but they don't realise that the NRL logo is also on the shorts. They forgot about that. <laughs> Um, there is a lot of people out there, a lot of fans out there that are criticising the media, and we are classes the media for taking a stance in favour of the NRL. Um, I don't know what the answer is here. All I know is that two credible people need to get to the the table really quickly and and just just end this.
3: Such, you know what I'm fed up with? What fans not understanding what this is really about?
2: Yeah, I've I, I got to say I've I've looked into this at quite depth and. I'm not going to bore the listeners and I'm not going to talk about it too much. But both sides have really relevant points mm. for what's in the best interest of the game. And if the players, the players, what they're doing at the moment by covering up the logo, which you know, it doesn't do much, it brings more attention to the logo, I think, and brings more attention to the jerseys, uh, which is a good thing for sponsors. And to do a media boycott, well, yeah, it does affect the game in a way, but a lot of fans will agree that. That the players don't give you much these days unless you're one of the, r- the real characters of the mm-hmm. game um, but in saying that I, I think the only thing they need to do if they really want to get their point across if they are truly the true belief around what they're fighting for is is strong enough that they need to stand down and not play rugby league I hope that doesn't happen because and I don't think it will happen because they know that they won't get paid okay the players mm-hmm. but both sides of the of the fence have really relevant points, and the ones that the RLPA are, are really fighting over at the moment, the NRLW collective bargaining agreement, they haven't got one of those yet, and some some retirement post retirement players uh, funds and injury funds and whatever it may be, I think they're things that continue can continue to, to discuss over time. It's been twenty months, and men, many would say it's too long, and it is too long, but they're things that I think don't need to hold the game at ransom.
3: The one person who made the most sense, and he filled in during the week on the Sports Day, was was Andrew McCulloch, mm. right? So his point is surgery post career. So that's one of
2: the sticking points. So at the moment, if you retire from rugby league, co, okay, and this is where you're going, you've got 12 months to have any surgeries that the NRL will cover. Mm. Okay, so and I think that is ludicrous to be honest. And this is one of the things that this is why it's so relevant, why they're fighting for it, the RLPA. Yeah, Andrew McCulloch. So, just fill in the listeners what he said.
3: Well, he said, "Look, if you've you've got long service to the NRL, so you've you've committed your body to the game, right,
2: for amount of years, so which so he did, which is fifteen years. seasons,
3: you should be eligible uh, for for a seven year.
2: So half of what you've served.
3: Yeah, Yeah. yeah, eligible for seven years to get all your surgeries done. And he's saying compare that to someone in the NRL who's played two seasons." Mm. Uh, you should only be eligible for one year.
2: Yeah, oh. uh, unless it's special circumstances, like a Simon Dwyer or Taniela Tuaki or a uh Yeo Yee. Yeah, catastrophic injury. Yep. Those sort of people who exit the game very early, you, There are you've still got a platform to definitely to look after yourself yeah. after the game, if that's the yeah. case. But it's a really good point that Andrew McCulloch made. Oh, so if you play 12 years, you've got six years to get your post-career injuries. I think he made... Probably the most common sense out of, out of a lot of people. It's going to be interesting if they do strike one year, one day, because what do they do for content? Do they then go to the New South Wales Cup and Queensland Cup and Country Rugby League and just find players to fill clubs? Mm. Because they've got to have product for the broadcast. I
3: really hope, and this is from a fans' perspective, that it's not this year with the
2: Broncos going, going all right. Well, they won't do it for the Open and next year of, of the NRL because, or they might because that's Vegas. Y- yeah, and maybe that hurts the NRL more than anything when it comes to a financial windfall for the NRL from a, from the gambling and betting. Angle. I really hope
3: it doesn't get to that. So that's. I really, oh, I really hope it doesn't. I don't get think to it that. will.
2: I don't think it will because when asked, Clinton Newton, when asked by Andrew Voss on on SNS Brecky throughout the week, the question was, "Have the players in the RLPA, in words to this effect, spoken about strike?" And Clint Newton didn't want to commit to it because he Mm. knows that if he commits to it, that the players won't get paid. So, accept nothing less than Australia's best and install a ream, Australia's favourite, hot water.
4: Walters gives it to Mamm. Short ball, Cable, into space. Tedesco tries so far. A metre out from the line. Plays the ball back to Walters. Walters to Reynolds. Now it comes to Farnworth. Farnworth steps, reaches out, scores. There's the first try of the night. The Brisbane Broncos Kept the ball alive, and Herbie Farnworth crosses. It is four points to nil with a kick to come as the rain starts to fall at the gather. Comes back to Reese Walsh. Little dinky kick into the in-goal area. Ezra Mam comes flying through and grabs it and scores. Under the black dot. It was a floating kick from Reese Walsh. It bounced superbly for Ezra Man. score. <laughs> with a kick to come from right in front. Reynolds, short ball Carrigan, over one, over two scores. They're in again the Brisbane Broncos. Pat Carrigan, that's his first try in the NRL. It's been a remarkable year. Alex Twile, now Pat Carrigan have broken their duck. A little dinky kick in the air for Tupo. It's knocked on by Selwyn Cobbo into the hands of the Roosters. And there's their first try. <laughs> Billy Smith scores for the Roosters. 20 points to four with a kick to come. Lindsay Collins has dropped it again into the hands of Katoni Staggs. And Staggs scores. That should seal it for the Brisbane Broncos.
2: Yeah, 32 points to 10 at the Gabba. The Brisbane were impressive in defeating the Roosters. I've got to say, the Roosters were really disappointing after a good win last week against the Gold Coast. But against the good sides, they looked tired and slow. Clunky too. Yeah, Lindsay Collins missed some really easy tackles early on in the game where he was just wrong-footed by bigger players. Mm. Uh, Brandon Smith, look, his body language, which doesn't look great at the best of times, he... He looked underdone. Mm. So Luke Keary looks he looks like damaged goods at the moment. Like, they, there was times in that
3: match, Sats, where they just had no idea what they were doing.
2: Very predictable. Mm. Really predictable. And their defense was brittle at times as well. When yeah. Pratt Carrigan scored his try, and you know, it was good work by Adam Reynolds, he just ran hard into a hole because he he played in a second row position, not his normal lock roving position. But he just hit a hole, and, and he still had a bit of work to do, but it just a strong running and the, brutal, the brittle defense from... Was, it was
3: Keery and I think uh, was uh, Butcher. Yeah, yeah. Just he just palmed them off. No, and mate, he got through. He, he was in open pastures, and he had, he had no idea what to do. He, he... First try in the NRL, <laughs> <laughs> outstanding. Oh, Nearly eighty good. games.
2: Yeah. Now uh, let's focus on the the winners, and I think we need to be positive. Criticised by Gus Gould throughout the week that mm. he he thinks the Brisbane Broncos can't win because of their defence. Well, they only conceded two tries from kicks. So it's was sort of like in spite of the criticism. And I've got to say, if they go on and win the comp, Gus will take, he'll take um, credit for <laughs> giving them the motivation at the back end of the season. <laughs> they, and I've got to say, they, they can challenge Penrith for the comp. I think they can, absolutely. Just because the difference between this year and last year is Reynolds is healthy. He's fit. When last year he wasn't around, mm. injured. And their players are a lot more mature now. Um, but I've got to say, play, best players on the field. Payne Haas, outstanding. Pat Carrigan, fantastic. Ezra Mam, his best game in a number of weeks. And Kobe Hetherington off the bench. His defense was great. Unreal. And Adam Solid. Reynolds had two try assists. He just guided the team around the field. It was really good. And Daniel Tupou, I've got to mention, A great achievement also is a milestone match for Paddy Carrigan. First NRL try. Daniel Tupou, he became the greatest try scorer of all time for the Roosters, who are a foundation club, overtaking their 300-gamer and one of the great captains he was and fullback Anthony Minicello, 140 tries. So, well done, Daniel Tupou. Let's get to the break. And after the break, we're going to catch up with Manly Seagulls
1: head coach Anthony Seabold. More off the bench NRL soon. Subscribe to the podcast so you never miss a moment. Search off the bench NRL on iTunes or Spotify. Welcome back. This is off the bench NRL.
4: Last play, Manly. Jerry Evans running it, gets through, tips over the top, a chip and chase. Nick goes there, leaves it behind. Croker's there, try man.
2: Yeah, they were good last week against your Sharkies, right? were. And this man, he'd be very happy with going Absolutely. to one of the toughest grounds to win at, like I said earlier on. And that man is the coach of the Manly Seagulls. Now, at the moment, we've, we've pulled him out of a, a social tennis match. I'm, mm. I'm heard he's got a great second serve.
5: Serve volley? or yeah. Is he to serve volley? No, we'll find he'd be, out? he'd be a base baseline. Baseline. He'd be a baseline. you yeah. want to get the points over quick. <laughs> Anthony
2: Seabold, thanks for joining us on Sports Day, mate.
6: Hey, that's so gonna matter. Yeah, mate, look, I'm, I'm, I go for a big serve and then I try and play for the baseline, boys. So, oh, yeah. wow. It's running
5: around. Forehand Is, or backhand? What's the strength, mate?
6: No, no, forehand, mate. Forehand. <laughs> yeah, run,
5: run around it. Run yeah. around it. Nice. Yeah, good yeah, stuff. exactly. Grace, have you looked good in all the whites? Yeah. Hey, um...
6: <laughs> oh, mate, exactly.
2: <laughs> now, you're a proud Rockhampton boy. you got to settle a bet for me with a mate of mine. The Criterion or the Great Western Pub?
6: Um mate back in my day it was when I was growing up, mate, it was criteria. On a Friday, Saturday night, the criteria was mate, a great pub to go for a beer and have a steak. Um, when I was a little bit older it was more the Great Western, so I'm not sure what it is now, but both good pubs, mate, that's that's for sure.
2: It's been such a, a great distributor of and provider to rugby league with so many great players mm, out of the Rocky absolutely. area, that central Queensland is there a player, Seeds when you were growing up playing that that when growing up, he, he just never made it out of Rocky, but he's just such a good player. He just never made it out of the the local region.
6: Yeah, well, probably the best I saw um, was a guy called Paul Wiles. Now, Paul
2: yeah. passed away when he
6: was twenty eight years of age, and Paul actually did play one first grade game for the Broncos. But um, look, he was a genuine superstar of, of country footy. And um, when I was growing up, um, he's probably five or six years older than me, and um, you know he, he was playing first grade at eighteen. He went down to the Broncos for. For a year, came back uh, for a year or two and then went back down there for one more year. But for whatever reason, just didn't settle. But he was probably the best player I saw back in Rocky who um, you know, could have gone on to you know, play Origin or, or um, you, know, um, you know, play a whole heap of uh, NRL
2: footy. He was a freak. I remember watching a game, 1992, I think it was, reserve grade game. He got his jaw broken. Mm. Yeah, he got his jaw broken. Yeah. He, he's never really the same after it again. Yeah.
5: Mate... Oh. I, w- I wanted to ask you, uh, your, your experience down at Shark Park on, uh, on Sunday, that, uh, that wind tunnel that you're playing down there between the buildings now, mate, you, you, had it, you got out to a great lead, um, you lose Jakey Travojevic in the second half, do you, do you think that had a bit of a, not, not having his experience out in the middle of the field and uh, I guess his level head, do you think that had any uh, sort of impact on the Sharks coming back?
6: Yeah, I do, um, I think, you know, you've got to give credit to the Sharks. I mean, they played a really good second half. Um, you know, they had, I think, about you know 65 or 66% possession in the second half, and a lot of it was down there into the field. So they played some really good footy at us. Now, losing Jake, so, I mean, he's the, the glue for us defensively uh, in that middle you know, part of the field. But I reckon one thing that we didn't do quite well and something that we, we need to continue to work on is, you know, how, how do we break, um, you know, the pattern? Like, you know, when momentum's going against you, I mean... Um, you've got to accept that momentum's going to go against you at different times in the game. But a uh, really good team's are able to break that pattern. And for us, it's still a bit of a work on. So, um, you know, really um, happy to get the result. And, you know, I thought our first 15 minutes was outstanding. But just, uh, yeah, we, we really struggled to break that sort of that pattern of, of the sharks in the, uh, the back
5: end of the game. Yeah, now, mate, you've a couple of big losses for you in Paseca and Aloé, who um, looks like you're going to be out be out of action for some time. Tough to replace front rollers, particularly this time of year. What's What's the contingency plan there, mate?
6: Yeah, we're probably fortunate. It's one area that we are pretty strong. Ethan Bully who has played every game first grade other than last week, um, he'll come back into the bench and toss Sipley, who is a really experienced player, Toff, um, real great club man, went back to reserve grade captain that team to a really good win over Newtown on Saturday afternoon. So um, those two guys are, are really capable replacements, and we're probably quite fortunate that we picked up Matt Lodge, um, you know, a couple of weeks ago. So um, you know, having, you know, having lost uh, Tandjala and, and Josh probably for season-ending injury or season-ending injury. some um,
2: you know, it's quite, quite fortunate to pick up logic. Now, Siebs, I was reading through the Rugby League life and achievements from your captain, Daly Cherry Evans, today. I've got to say, he's achieved so much. And, of course, it's flown under the radar a little bit. This week, he plays his 300th NRL game. I think he's a 48th or 49th player via the Dragons this week. And, you know, it's an away game. But from what we see on our screens, take us behind the curtain, Siebs, of him as a player and a teammate. What sort of person he is.
6: Well, first and foremost, a great, great person. Um, you know, he's a, he's a real family man, Chaz. And I think, um, you know, the way that he carried himself in, in public, um, you know, he's a real credit to himself, his family. Um, but he's an ultimate professional with regards to the way he prepares for games. Like, he's still in our top two or three with regards to, you know, our, our conditioning um, and you know, our testing and, and all the physical side of things that we do. And you can probably see that in his game. I think he's having as good a season as he's had, no, certainly in recent times. So um, I thought he led Queensland to You know, fantastic Oregon series there. And, um yeah, it's he's just a, a truly tri- tri- person, truly leader to have around the club. He's been a big help to me this year, that's for sure.
5: Yeah, mate, I wanted to ask you about Reuben Garrick. Uh, I love a goal-kicking winger, being one from back in the day. But uh, it seems like, mate, wherever you put him on the field, he just plays with... He, he reminds me a little bit of, um, of of Gutho. Just his energy, his effort. Um, he, he just wants to be the best player he can be. He's, he must be a pleasure to coach.
6: Yeah, definitely. Fantastic attitude. He's a Gong boy. So Mick had a, a little bit to do with him um, as a young bloke and Rod Wishart. you know, a lot of good players come out of Jerry and... Um, so he's had a, you know, some great influences and mentors there back home. Uh, but the biggest thing about him is just the effort um, you know, that, that he puts in every single week. He's a, a really good trainer, a um, you know, good role model for, for our um, younger players in our group. So like you say, man, he's got... It um, doesn't really matter what number he wears on his jersey. He's played fullback, ring and centre for us this year and he's been... Really, really good in all three positions. So, um, yeah, a great model
5: for, um, for our group. I heard he gave himself the name Ruben Gaznier after he had, a, he had a game in the centres there and he went all right. Yeah, he did play all right. He had a cracker, day. didn't he? So, mate, well, I've, got, I've got to ask you. Tolu yeah. Kohler and Jason Saab, have you lined them up at training over a certain distance to see who's the fastest at your club? Or do you well, know? We
6: haven't. <laughs> um, I think, I, I, like, well, Tolu's probably quicker over the first 10 metres. I think Saab, might have him over the... The, the long, you know, the longest sort of you know, eighty to one hundred metres, but um, yeah, both really sort of freakish athletes, um, and we have got a lot of speed there. And I think one of the things, you know, the growth for us in our game, like the really good performances when we sort of put forty on Canberra and fifty on um, the Dolphins, and even you know um, on the weekend, you know, just using their speed, um, you know, and troubling opposition, you know, by by shifting the footy, you know, rather than just sort of you know one out sort of mentality and yardage. And, um, yeah, we really want to try and test some teams on the edges there. So we've had a little bit of joy and been able to do it well. We have just got to do it uh, consistently well. But we've got enough strike power, enough speed there to, to trouble
2: opposition teams. Mm. Now, seeds so one point out of the eight, and your minus thirty-one differential. So, is the the defence aspect of your training does that take over your majority of your training towards the back end of this these last six games?
6: Yeah, definitely. I think you know we're probably like a team that you know sixty forty ratio, like defence to attack. You know we. We know that that's an area as a club that we're really trying to grow, and and, and changes of beh- habits and changes of behaviour take time. I mean, we're trying to go from a two-man tackling team to a three-man tackling team. We're trying to go from a team that you know, is, is used to keeping line and checking, and we're trying to you know get players to to put inside pressure on ball players or put pressure on the kickers. Um, yeah, you know, so there's a number of sort of changes we're we're trying to make, um, you know, from um, from what they're used to, and, and under fatigue under pressure, at times we go back to the habits that um, potentially have formed over a long period of time. It's not to say what they've done in the past is, is incorrect. It's, you know, it, it, there's, there's more than one way to skin a it cat. It's just yeah. what we're trying to do. So, Jimmy you know, uh, you know plays a, a big part of, of what we do in that space. So, um, we're still trying to you know, t- to build some behaviours and some habits there. But, yeah, it's certainly a, a real big focus for us.
2: Okay, before we let you go and get you back to your second set, of course, you dropped the first set, so good luck in the <laughs> second set. But, uh, this is what we call our Sports Day Blowtorch. Now, the player everyone loves having around. Who's that player you think of? Well, in this, in
6: this particular group, I think everyone sort of loves having somebody like uh, Locky Croker around. But, you know, okay. he's a real tough guy, um, country boy, Lachlan Croker.
2: Nice. Okay. Um, yeah,
6: yeah, yeah he, he's great to have around, mate. Yeah, tough guy. Um, you know, good energy.
2: Got a good, little bit of banner about him.
6: Good sense of humor. So, no, he's really good. Yeah, good company for the boys.
2: Player everyone would love to mute for a day. <laughs> well, I'm not sure. Like um, Josh Houston doesn't say too much, but when he when he says something,
6: mate, uh, the boys try and shut him down. A little bit, so maybe maybe,
2: maybe. <laughs> Okay, the player who could run for a week, fitness-wise, if you had to give him a week's worth of running, he'd just oh. say, "Okay, give it to me."
6: Yeah, Ruben Garrick. Like okay, Play week.
2: Yeah, who is a player who's on time. Now this is the Cameron Smith approach. Player who's on time always last the video sessions or the bus.
6: I gotta say it's probably a male alakowatu or Tolakola, something like that. They're they're normally just, you know, thirty seconds just before the, <laughs> the start of the meeting, but they're never late, the boys. They're never late, those boys. But um they're like the Smithy. Smithy used to do that at, at the storm and the yeah.
2: freezer, that's for sure. Okay, the player thinks he's Fabio, the best sort at the club. Ruben Garrick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> bit,
4: really. Okay.
2: <laughs> and the last one, play you'd take to a street fight to fight on behalf of the club. Who's that?
6: Mate, your Josh Alloy actually, yeah. the, the guy that I take, yeah, nice. yeah. And if there was someone who you just knew wouldn't maybe not necessarily control him, but you just know he, he would die for it, Jake. yeah, he's, yeah uh, nice, yeah, he's, he's out,
2: but, thumbs up. Yeah. Hey, thanks, Steve, for taking time out during your uh, your social tennis tennis match tonight. Good luck in the second set and um, and good luck this week against the Dragons, mate. It's, it's uh, much appreciated yeah. you taking the time out to come on sports day. No, time stats, mate. Thanks
6: so much, guys. Take care.
1: This is Off The Bench NRL. We'll be back soon. Welcome back. This is Off The Bench NRL. It's time for Sports Days. Where are they now? 13 metres out, still with three plays left. Here's Jeremy Lattimore to Mossy Mazoy. Big Mossy up the middle. There's a pass.
2: Mossy Masoy, the big front row, former Penrith mm. and Roosters front row as well, went over the UK Super League. But we did, as of 2020, we watched with interest the progress uh, from a, a terrible injury while playing a game yep. in the UK Super League. And we watched his progress very closely as we mm. saw him take his first steps after a spinal injury and, and took those first steps around the end of 2020. It's been yep. an inspirational story. And we thought we'd catch up with that man to see how he's travelling now. He's back in Australia. That man is Mossy Masoi, and he's joined us on Sports Day. How are you, Mossy?
0: Yeah, good. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on.
2: No, no, thank you very much. First and foremost, you've moved back from the UK and back to Australia, and you're living on the Sunshine Coast. How's life up there?
0: Yeah, it's good. It's funny, um, we're on a Sunny Coast, but speaking to you guys today, it's probably the first rainy day I've seen in a while. So, Yeah. Um, it's, been nice to see, it's been nice to see a bit of rain, but... Uh, it's nice up
5: here on the coast yeah a bit different to uh growing up in New Zealand mate I'm sure you saw plenty of rain over there um but mate uh you still love watching the game you still enjoy um following the game oh mate I I, I think I follow it more now um during my time when I was
0: playing I I hardly watched it because it was like um during a video session um when you're watching games but now when I'm out of the game I've I pretty much watch nearly, nearly all, all the games on the weekend and the, I think my missus is getting a bit um <laughs> Yeah, yeah <laughs> uh, mate. A bit of that the season's going a bit too long.
5: Yeah, mate, um you 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 must have a soft spot for the New Zealand Warriors given um, you know, your heritage, but you must love what they're doing at the moment. They're a pretty exciting team to watch.
0: Yeah, it's so good. It's so good for New Zealand, so, um and um it's been a long time coming for for them and They've they've always had really good teams over the years, and it's so nice just to see them gel together and um, see what Webster's been able to do with them. It's um, it's been great.
2: Now, we're going to get to your injury very soon and also your rehabilitation, Mossy, which is really inspiring. It was great that we got to share that in the modern age of social media. But growing up in Wellington, New Zealand, you're a proud Samoan boy, but but growing up in Wellington playing rugby league, who ended up finding you initially and, and taking you to Sydney to play for the Roosters?
0: Yeah, um, I, I got scouted by uh, big Artie Beeson. Um, so I come over to New, from New Zealand with the under-16s and played in um, under-16s against uh, a couple of teams over here. Big Arty, uh, and big Artie seniors. So yeah, that, that's how I got my first uh, first contract, come over to, to play with the uh, Sydney Roosters.
2: How'd you find it living in Sydney? Difficult?
0: Uh, fast, fast life. Yep. Coming from um, from Wellington is it's like going from Canberra to Sydney. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, so it was really, really quiet, and then straight into the Eastern Suburbs. I, I didn't didn't know what was going on.
5: Yeah, it's a different lifestyle. It can certainly. Oh, I moved from Queensland to Sydney, and that was enough for me. Um, certainly, a different <laughs> lifestyle down there, mate. Plenty of people around, um, mate. I wanted to you know, talk about your injury and. And do you allow yourself to go back to that day in 2020 or when the injury occurred? Or does that bring too much sadness into your life, knowing that what was taken away from you based on that injury? No, no. I, I, I
0: always kind of think about it now and then. Um, it's, um, you know, I'm pretty grateful to be in the position I am today um, from, you know, when it first happened. Um, that injury was was bad, but it was just how you deal with it. And, um, you know, just... Having a sportsman's background and um, dealing with injuries, it's it's how you take it, and you can um, you can be negative about it, or you can be positive about it, and and uh, get on with it.
5: I guess, mate, that is uh, that is a wonderful attitude, and I'm, I'm sure um, that that just saying those words will inspire many many of our listeners, mate. So, mate, when when you had the injury, were you told that you weren't going to walk again?
0: Yeah, they they um. Initially, I was um, paralyzed from the neck down, and I could probably only move my wrist at first, and so the first, um, they just kept doing tests on you like, for the first, maybe, month, and um, they just said it was a really high chance that I wasn't going to walk again. And, um, but there was a guy in it, the spinal unit, and um, he was uh, very, very um, optimistic, and it really helped me get through my um through my rehab and trying to get up and get out of bed and stuff. So yeah, the first two months was really I, I could only lie in bed. I wasn't allowed to... I couldn't move as as well, so it was it was tough. But um, it could be worse off. Yeah, wow.
2: Mossy, when you talk about that that um, the guy who gave you the confidence, he could probably probably take some steps again. How, how long? after that two months, how long did you realistically get yourself in that frame of mind where you said, you know what? No, I'm, I'm going to oh, give Davis. this a go. I'm not going to, I'm not going to well, lay here and allow this to take over my life.
0: I, I think it's, um, really when, um, they have, um, past patients that come in and really help motivate, um, motivate you when you're in the dark times. And he was just, this, 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 this fellow just really helped me out. And, um, his name's Wayne and he runs a um, a charity at the hospital and um, I wanted to be like Wayne and he's in a wheelchair and he's um, his like, hands don't really move and um, he finds it quite difficult he can't stand up or anything. And this guy came up to me and pretty much just said, No, you're gonna be you're gonna be walking. Um, just by your test and what I've seen over the years, you're gonna you'll be able to stand up and I was like I just wanted to be like Wayne at first, and he was like, "No, you're going to be you're going to be way ahead of me." And so it kind of gave me a bit of confidence. And at the same time, I was like, "We like the doctors were telling me something else," and and it was just because of his experience and where he's come from and what happened to himself. He was like, "No, you're, you're going to be way exceeding where I where I've be. been." he really helped me in a
2: positive way got goosebumps yeah. that's outstanding yeah, it's a story, great attitude and it's great that you've got someone that's going through what you were going through to be able to give you that that um, you know positive reinforcement when you made those first steps and it was only September of September October of 2020 the year that you you had the spinal injury when you took those first steps can you remember can you remember the, the different range of emotions that went through your body
0: oh yeah it was um, it was just I, I didn't want to fall over. <laughs> um, when, I, when, when I first when I first stood up, it was like um, all the blood just rushes down to your feet and then because you can't really feel them, it's kind of like um, watching a toddler we learn how to walk again mm. or like when they first take their first steps and, and you're standing in the bars and you're like, you go to take your first step and you're still a bit nervous taking them because I don't know if your leg's gonna crumble or um or it's gonna catch your weight. So it was really nerve wracking at first, but um uh but I'm glad I done it like I got there and I was able
5: to do it. Well mate, the um the rugby league world, the rugby league community was, was you know, behind you and, and and you know, doing their best in any way they could to support you. Did you feel the love from the rugby league community when uh, you were going through this? Oh, hundred percent. Um
0: well, when I was in the hospital, um, COVID hit, so all the patients um, we weren't allowed any visitors anymore. So, but I was still getting heaps of mail, and um, I, w- I wasn't able to use my phone, so um, there would be like phone calls to the hospital just to give me well wishes and wishing me all the very best for my recovery and things like that. And I kind of really hit home that it's um, it wasn't just from the people in the UK was from Australia and New Zealand. Um, you know, there was so much love and support for myself and so I'm really grateful for that.
5: Yeah, I, I can imagine um, you know, those calls and, and those messages of well wishes lifting your spirits. Mate, I wanted to ask, did did you find this I mean, obviously the physical nature of the injury um is, is tough, incredibly tough to deal with. But but how are you emotionally through it all? Um
0: you know, I I grew, I grew up with my cousin who had really bad cerebral palsy. So He's always been in a wheelchair, in an electric wheelchair, and I kind of every time I was down, I was I kind of thought about him, and I was like, well, mate, I've I've had thirty years of my life living a normal life. Yes, but my cousin has never had that for his own life. So I was like, what's what's the use being sad and down? By this, I got thirty years of, of a great life. I got a great family, kids, and I was like, "There's, there's no need to be down." Like, um, and I've got an opportunity to kind of gain this, like, my movement back, and um, so I kind of always looked at it like that. So wow. I didn't want to dishonor my, my cousin by being down because he's never had that opportunity to walk. Um so, amazing yeah, that was, uh, amazing that was a big inspiration for
2: myself well, you're inspirational oh, to, to a lot of people with your attitude, let alone I, I, I talked to Tim Sheen's quite a bit mossy and he's, uh, he's always said you're one of the most selfless people he's ever met, and you've just uh, described uh, he <laughs> exactly described that. you exactly to a t now' he's, he's a guy that's stayed in regular contact he's tried to help as much as he can. Is that correct? Did you have him as a coach at Hull Kingston Rovers?
0: Yeah, James has been the best man. He's he's been awesome. Um, he, he loves to talk footy. Um, <laughs> uh, Matt is he's, he's been like supporting us. Um, you know, even even when he um, was let go at um, OKR, um he was still helping out other teams. And when when the um, incident to myself, he he got like uh, rallied around. Trying to get fundraising done and all that stuff, and he um, helped out with a, a regular league team over there. That, that's it's the Exiles, and they face yep. um, um, the England team, and and they got the win, and they wore my jersey that I um, designed and things like that. So, yeah, she's always been um, been supporting myself and my family. So, yeah, I'm grateful for that.
2: What about your partner? What about your partner? Does she? Does she deserve a, a Logie or an Oscar a <laughs> or a medal? Or She must have been a great support oh, for her. she
0: deserves everything. Yeah, she's been, um, been there since, yeah, through it all. And she's, um, you know, as much as it's I, I people pat me on the back and say, you know, I've done really well with my recovery and stuff, but honestly, couldn't have done it without her. Like, she's had to put two hats on or three hats on, you know, um, be mum, be dad as well when I'm doing my recovery and all that stuff and doing all the stuff for the kids and doing stuff for myself and um limited to, to things so yeah, um just yeah, I'm really really grateful to have her in my corner.
2: Yeah, well done. Well yeah. done. Now before we let you go, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna touch back in with you I reckon in a few weeks leading into the finals. We're gonna get your Five favourite Polynesian players that you love watching play. Okay, so we're going to give you some, we're going to give you some some homework over the next few weeks, and we'll check back in with you. You're going to give us your five favourite Polynesian players you love watch to play. Okay, uh, current players? No, no, no. It could be all time, all time. So don't answer it now. We're going to we're going to we'll check back, back yeah. in with you in a few weeks. Okay. Yeah. Cheers. No, that'll
0: be awesome.
2: Now, what about coaching? Do you think you'll get into coaching at some stage? Um, I I I've
0: thought about it. My um, Mrs. Well, always says that I should get into coaching because I'm watching the game and I'm yelling yeah. at the TV all the time. <laughs> um, but um, coaches are a different breed. They're um, <laughs> um, they're very very weird people. <laughs> 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 so yeah, um, yeah I, I might I might. Might be
5: one of those weird people, but um, you might be able to change yeah. that, Mossy. You might be able to change the the narrative of what what a great coach is. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, yeah,
5: but uh, yeah, um, she said that I should start coaching my son.
0: He's he's three, but um, it's it's, it's a bit difficult because you have to kind of show like the little kids what to do, how to pass the ball, and things like that. So, yeah, might have to coach him maybe at an older age group, probably like 13s uh, or above. Yeah, yeah. You know, they kind of basic. Just tell them what to do. <laughs> well, tell them what you, lines to run.
2: You can always stay involved. You have good good assistance around you, Mossy, because yeah, uh, we need people like you in the game. Hey, Mossy, it's been great to catch up with you. We love watching your progression and your, and your rehabilitation over the last couple of years. And we're, we're so happy for a number of reasons. One, that you're back in Australia 2 You're just so positive yep. and I hope our listeners take a lot from the chat today. Thanks for catching up with us on Sports Day
1: cheers thanks for having us this is Off The Bench NRL we'll be back soon welcome back this is Off The Bench NRL time for a racing update for Racing Queensland Queensland is your place to race this year
2: yeah, welcome back to the show. Scotty Saller and Andrew McCulloch and Chris Nelson from Racing Queensland. Queensland is your place to race this year. And always remember, what are you gambling with, Nelson? Another big weekend this weekend in Racing Queensland.
7: It is, as always, Sats. Uh, evening to you and evening, Andrew. Good
3: evening, Nelson. Thanks for having us.
7: Pleasure. Thanks for having me on. Always a so good time to be uh, had with you guys.
2: Yeah, so what's uh, what's going on this weekend? Where are we racing?
7: Well, we are racing at uh, Eagle Farm. That's our main meeting sats. We also race at uh, Aquas Park Gold Coast on the Polly Track, where the premiership is going right down to the wire. Uh, Noel Callow is one behind Bailey Wheeler. So we'll see how that pans out on Saturday. It's the last meeting of the year. We've got Toowoomba in the twilight zone, Townsville as well in the north. And we're off to the Sunshine Coast, of course, on Sunday. And just some country non-tab meetings that feature their cups. The Bundaberg Gold Cup the Caulfield Cup, that's C-O-R-F, not C-A-U-L-F, the Middlemount Cup and the St George Cup. So if you're in the areas of those uh, cup meetings, get out and I'm sure you have a great day.
3: Nelson, for myself and the people listening out there, what can I put my house on this weekend? (laughs) (laughs)
7: That's always a good question, isn't it? I love that pressure. Uh, Look, there is a good thing there at Eagle Farm, but I wouldn't suggest you put your house on it. (laughs) Uh, Race six, number four, Freedom Rally One of Tony Gollins, you probably won't even get black figures But gee, very impressive, winning two starts back Beat Vodka Martini, who came out and won last Saturday at uh, Doomben. Should be winning, Freedom Rally And race four, number three, Kanazawa I think looks really well placed, bar a wide gate Just needs a touch of luck in the run and should be far too good for them So, might be a nice little multi Race four, number three, into race six, number four
2: I I love a wide gate, Nelson Do you? Yeah, if, I don't know. Just get out of all the, all that stuff that's going Hustle on. Hustle and bustle. The, yeah, just yep. open space out there. I'll be out in the car park. That's all I want my money on. <laughs> the um,
7: only problem is you'll cover about an extra 100 metres than any exactly. other horse in the race.
2: Queensland is racing. The action continues this week across the Sunshine State. Visit racingqueensland.com.au. Chris Nelson, talk to you next week.
7: Look forward to it. Have a great weekend, guys. Yeah,
2: Chris Nelson there from Racing Queensland. He's a good man. Now it's time for a Saturday Outlook. For the NRL, round 22 to Pioneer Seeds. Optimise your canola with new Optimum Gly hybrids from Pioneer Seeds. Raiders host the Knights at GIO. Crucial game, of course, for both top eight sides. Tough place to win. The Raiders down there in, in Canberra. Of course, the, the weather plays a huge role. The da- Dragons, they're taking on Manly. And it's uh, not a home game for Manly because it's DCE's 300th game. It's, he become the 48th player. Once upon a time, it was so hard to get to 300 games, mm. 48 players now. And DC, what a what a wonderful player he has been. He's had to suffer a fair bit of adversity, professional adversity, not private adversity through, um, through anything off field, but more about the way that people have judged him as a player, especially at origin level. He's had to fight back from that. And and now become one of the great origin leaders as well, and he'll go down as one of the great Manly players as well. So good luck to DCE and the Panthers at home to the Sharkies. Can Craig Fitzgibbon, well, can they tighten up their defence against the pr- defending premiers? Uh, many have tried, and it's pretty difficult against uh, against the Panthers. So that's your sad day outlook for the NRL. Optimize your cropping rotation with new optimum Gly herbicide tolerance trait canola hybrids from Pioneer Seeds. Thanks, to Anthony Sebold Thank you to Mossy Masoi for his amazing story. Hope you got a lot out of that. But most of all, thank you for the listeners for joining us on Off the Bench for another Saturday edition. Thank you, Daddy Vass. Thanks, mate. Have a great rest of the weekend.